Uber rockets on the potential of a new deal out of San Francisco. GM is set to increase EV production. We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. Goldman Sachs announces an interesting acquisition. And we cover the latest data out of the labor market. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing, powered by Upon The Table. Either way, I'm your host, Luke Donay, and we are back covering the biggest stories of the day in regards to, of course, our favorite thing called the stock market. So we currently have the NASDAQ moving up 246 points, S&P 546, and the Dow Jones moving up 248, so a pretty solid day across the board. Now, shifting into our first major headline of the day, coming out of Uber, you know, that ride-hailing giant, of course. So, Uber, why in the world is it up nearly 7% today? It has been moving to the upside over the past few days, and really what it comes down to is the latest headline out of the New York Times reporting that Uber is continuing their plans to, quote, lure in more taxis onto the platform. So, according to the New York Times article on, quote, Uber is close to completing an agreement with a San Francisco partner, Flywheel Technologies, to allow Uber passengers in the city to call a taxi through the Uber app. So, in essence, if you are on the Uber app, you'll be able to call a taxi that is in San Francisco as well, not just an individual driver. Now, this is a big step, and you saw a very similar deal such as this come out of New York. So, not all too long ago, in fact, within the last few weeks, Uber actually jumped on news of a deal in New York City to offer New York City taxi rides within the Uber app and on the Uber platform. Now, they're trying to do the same thing in San Francisco, and according to sources in the New York Times, a deal is close. Now, the next step after this deal is made between Uber and Flywheel is it will have to go to the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency Board of Directors and will need to be approved for a pilot program at their April 5th meeting. Now, after it is approved, then the city's director of transportation will then need to authorize this, which would pave the way for the deal to be completed between Uber and Flywheel. So this is pretty big. Now, it is important to note that Flywheel is an app in which Hundreds, according to the New York Times, of taxi drivers within San Francisco use across several of the taxi companies. So this is big. Really what this is is further adoption of Uber's platform, not only by individuals attempting to obviously make some money, generate income, and drive people around, but also they are attempting to get these taxi drivers to use their platform to connect people who need a ride and people offering a ride which actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, at the end of the day, Uber is simply a platform connecting driver to passenger. So this is a very big deal for Uber, especially if they get this deal in San Francisco. It is going to be a very big headline to watch in all honesty because Uber could see some major upside, at least when it comes to the stock, if this deal goes through. So it is going to be something to pay attention to. But the fact that they got this through in New York City is also big. Now, on the news that this deal went through in New York City, we actually have some commentary out of Guy Peterson, who is Uber's director of business development, 
And this is what he said in regards to the New York City deal. Quote, this is a real win for drivers. No longer do they have to worry about finding a fair deering off-peak times or getting a street hail back to Manhattan when in the outer boroughs. And this is a real win for riders who will now have access to thousands of yellow taxis in the Uber app. So this is a very interesting deal. This is a very interesting time for Uber and some big deals being made between the company and taxi companies. Now shifting into GM, increasing EV production. So according to General Motors executives, orders for the electric Hummer have actually been much higher than expected. So GM did receive over 65,000 reservations for the electric GMC Hummer pickups and SUVs. Now, that number was actually higher, much higher than their initial expectations, and that's according to Duncan Eldred, Global Vice President of GMC. Now, shifting into what this all means for GM. Well, according to CNBC and sources, the number of people that are converting their reservations into orders to purchase this Hummer pickup that they basically pre-ordered or reserved is about 95% conversion. So that's a very high rate and that is much higher than what Duncan Aldred and GMC actually expected to see. In fact, he was talking to CNBC in a media event and he said, quote, production's actually slightly ahead of plan and we're putting things into place now to actually expedite that as well. So we can deliver these reservations quicker than we originally thought we're seeing momentum building. So in essence, what we're seeing here is GM increasing the speed at which they are going to produce the Hummer EV and SUVs. They're going to get them out quicker than what they expected. And it's in part due to the fact that they saw more demand than they expected to see for the vehicle. Now, the Hummer EV pickup is actually for sale, but according to GM, new orders will likely not be fulfilled until 2024. So it's only for those who have already pre-ordered or ordered the vehicle. Also, you take a look in the SUV, which GM actually unveiled last year after the pickup was unveiled. So it was unveiled after the EV pickup. Um, that is not expected to arrive until 2023, according to GM. But this is a net positive for GM. At the end of the day, more reservations, more orders, a higher conversion rate than they expected. Those are all positives, obviously, for the company. Now, shifting into some other comments by Duncan Eldred, you take a look and he went on to say, quote, what we're looking at now is how we can build the maximum amount and how we can deliver, fulfill these reservations as quickly as possible. We're doing all of the studies on that and we're confident we can go a lot quicker than we originally thought, but it still means a reservation now probably means delivering in 2024. So these are still a few years out, especially if you order them now, but they're bringing their timeline or attempting to bring their timeline on production of their Hummer EV even closer to the original dates they set. A big time headline coming out of GM. Now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have Morgan Stanley reiterating Alphabet as a top pick. Berman on the say quote, Upside, still an innovation-driven cash flow story. We continue to believe Google's innovation focuses across its platform can drive outsized ad revenue and free cash flow growth. So Morgan Stanley still liking the trends and the innovation over at Alphabet or otherwise known as Google, their ticker symbol G-O-O-G-L if you want to do a little more research on the FANG name. 
but a very interesting headline and a very interesting analyst call out of Morgan Stanley. Now, shifting into another call by Morgan Stanley, downgrading Pinterest to equal weight from overweight. The firm went on to say, quote, we see multiple larger forward revenue headwinds as Pinterest user and time spent trends are challenging. U.S. time spent now at 2017 levels and Pinterest shifts existing time spent towards lower monetizing creator videos. So it's very interesting coming out of Morgan Stanley this call. Pinterest downgraded the equal weight from overweight pretty much on the fact that the time spent per user on the platform is actually dropping in down the 2017 levels. Now, shifting into our next call out of Goldman Sachs, reiterating the giant Walmart as a buy. The firm goes on to say, quote, in light of this backdrop, we reiterate our buy rating for Walmart given it's continued to lead the market with the lowest prices and the widest price gaps, which should support market share gains while also providing the company optionality to raise some prices if needed, in order to offset the cost pressures and to maintain its competitive position. Goldman Sachs liking the pricing power of Walmart, reiterating it as a buy. We also have Credit Suisse reiterating Tesla as outperformed the day. The firm goes on to say, quote, lastly, we see the recent China COVID flare-ups as a potential risk to the downside, given Tesla's deliveries are typically heavily weighted towards the end of the quarter. It is certainly possible that Tesla's likely quarter end wave will be somewhat limited by the rise of COVID. So they still like the name, but they are citing those risks coming out of China in relation to COVID. We also had Morgan Stanley downgrading Norton LifeLock to equal weight from overweight today. Firm goes on to say, quote, slowing top line and macro. So just downside risk to the full year 2023 consensus revenue estimates. While Norton LifeLock faces an uncertain regulatory path for closing the proposed Avast transaction. So Morgan Stanley citing some risk here when it comes to macro, when it comes to some transactions, when it comes to consensus revenue estimates, citing a few risks there and therefore downgrading the name to equal weight from overweight. We also had KeyBank reiterating Airbnb has outperformed the day. The firm went on to say, quote, we continue to view overweight rated Airbnb as most levered to a global travel recovery, which creates an upward bias to our street room night estimates of $407 million to $405 million. And then finally, we have Deutsche Bank downgrading CVS to hold from buy. The firm went on to say, quote, we are downgrading CVS shares Told from buy as we now see the risk reward profile that skews negative driven by multiple factors. We see the potential for near term negative revisions in the pharmacy segment from manufacturer participation in the 340B program. So a very interesting call on the Deutsche Bank downgrading CVS to hold from buy. Now shifting into a headline out of Goldman Sachs announcing that they will be acquiring corporate retirement planner, robo-advisor, Next Capital. So they will be acquiring Next Capital. The details of this deal were not fully disclosed, so we don't know the level of deal when it comes to the value. But what we do know is that Next Capital, they are a Chicago-based fintech firm. They provide automated advice to corporate retirement plan participants and Goldman Sachs's 
quite positive on this deal. In fact, we did get commentary from Goldman CEO David Solomon. He went on to say, quote, this acquisition furthers our strategic objective of building compelling client solutions in asset management and accelerating our investment in technology to serve the growing defined contribution market. So, Leadership over at Goldman liking this acquisition of Next Capital. They're bullish on it, I guess you could say. And it actually, when it comes to ranking of acquisitions out of Goldman, it ranks in the top five asset management deals that Goldman has actually done. And that's according to the Financial Times. Now, a little background on Next Capital. They were founded in 2014 and they most recently raised venture funds, according to CNBC, in 2020 when it had a total of $85 million in funding. So an interesting deal coming out of Goldman Sachs requiring corporate retirement plan robo-advisor Next Capital. Now, shifting into our final headline of the day, U.S. job openings, well, not so much changed, but some record data. So job openings edged lower to roughly $11.3 million in February, but that is $5 million more or nearly 5 million more than the level of unemployed workers. So you have <laughs> you have an insane gap there between the amount of job openings and the amount of unemployed workers. So shifting into this data. So according to the Labor Department, what we see is that the number of available positions totaled 11.3 million in the month of February, and that is also according to the Labor Department's Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, which is also known as the JOLTS report. Now, shifting into the median forecast when comparing this to expectations, so the expectation was for 11 million available positions. The number came in at 11.3 million once again. 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in February, so even more quits. We're seeing nearly record quits once again. And the quits rate, which measures, quote, the voluntary job leavers as a share of total unemployment, well, that actually rose to 2.9%. So if you put that into a ratio context, what you see is that there were actually 1.8 job openings for every unemployed person in February, and that's quite a ratio. Now, really digging into where the hires were in February, there was 105,000 hires in retail trade and 75,000 hires in construction. So two notable gains, but really looking at this labor market, it continues to remain tight, especially when you have that number with 11.3 million job openings compared to uh, the very low unemployment level, which leaves a gap of 5 million. So that is going to be something to watch going ahead when it comes to the labor market, wages, macro data, etc. But some very interesting data coming out of the U.S. labor market today. Either way, that is the show. I thank you for listening. We will be back, of course, tomorrow to go over the biggest headlines, the most important data of the day and what in the world the markets are doing. But until then, go get my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen. They just dropped a new pod. You can listen to them in Anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also, please go and give me and my team a listen at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook, or simply follow me on Twitter at me. If you want us to cover something on the show, interview someone on the show, let us know at Luke Denae on Twitter. Easily Profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow. 